on this week's episode of Empower, I'm joined by celebrity chef Tiffany Janelle, and we talk about the inaugural Healthy at Home Conference, the census, voting, and how there is a huge need for us to continue to stay safe during the coronavirus. Empower is a podcast presented by the Houston Area Urban League that serves to inform young professionals about the Urban League, its programs, and the various civic and social topics pertinent to the community they serve. Welcome back to another episode of Empower. This is your host, Ray Shackleford, and it's presented to you each and every week by the Houston Area Urban League. And today I'm joined by another very special guest, a celebrity chef, a entrepreneur, a humanitarian, a good friend of mine, Chef Tiffany Janelle. Tiffany, how are you doing today? I mean, I'm hot, but I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. It is day. I went outside for a few minutes actually to go uh, support a black restaurant because it's Black Restaurant Week, and I hurried up and got back in the house because it is hot. Yeah, it's, I'm looking outside and it look hot, but I'm not gonna go out there and check. I'm, I'm gonna believe you. That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> well. I wanted to start with how you got introduced to the Urban League. I think you and I met was maybe like 2012, 2013, something like that. Uh, and it was related to an Urban League event. But um, I don't know when you got introduced to the Urban League or if that was when you got introduced to the Urban League. Um, so, I mean, as a as like a lifelong servant, I've served from the capacity of church on up through different community. I was op- opportunities. I was a Girl Scout. I did all that stuff. I always heard about the Urban League, you know, as a child, but as an adult, uh, just prior to us meeting, I would say I was introduced and Annie, um, I believe, reached out to me to see if I was available to cater something for you all as a service piece. And then I was really able to see the Urban League from the young professional vantage point because you know, you think of as an organization of a certain age group and, you know, like, what would I offer to this group of, you know, people that have a lot of wisdom and experiences. And so, you know, when I was brought in from the service side, I was able to see what you all did firsthand. So that was really my first encounter. So I'd say about 2011 or 12, somewhere in there, I definitely got introduced. And so, you know, since that time, you know, you've been engaged quite a few times uh, to my recollection in in a service capacity, but also I believe we've enlisted your services a few times. I know uh, with the casino night, I believe. um, And so you were a a huge hit, you know, with a lot of your food as it relates to that. And so, you know, over that time, what would you say or, or why would you say the Urban League is important based on your experiences uh, historically and what you had heard about the Urban League, but even now that you've gotten a chance over the past decade to interact more directly? Um, I would say it's it's just a pillar of community that uh, young people can access. A lot of people think they have to reach a certain point of service to join these types of, you know, big four, big three organizations that, you know, really speak for the Black community. But I would say for me, what I've seen mostly uh, is just an open door. You know, I'm not a traditional collegiate student. I went to culinary school, so I was not afforded the opportunity to join like a Divine Nine organization and things like that. So this gave me a, you know, post-work, after-work 
outlet to connect, to communicate, to learn what other people that sit in corporate America encounter, um, you know, those rough days or those great wins that our Black brothers and sisters can, you know, provide to those corporations. So I really think that it's just, it's an awesome organization of an open door that a lot of orgs make you go through all these different other channels to really get inside, but you all are just very welcoming. You really just honor people's desire to participate. And I think that's what makes it a, an awesome organization. Well, I appreciate that. Now, before we you know, get into really the meat of the conversation today, obviously there's a lot going on in the world. We are still you know, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, obviously over the last, was it two, three months, things have kind of come to a head with Aunt Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, there's even been uh, other deaths since then. But, you know, how are you just kind of feeling or sorting through everything that is going on? Um, you know, I've always been shaken um, every time we see a life loss, you know, whether they make the news or not, you hear a story. Um, I'm always shaken because I just want to know what we can do more of as a community to protect and to provide sanctuary to it. people just living their everyday lives. These are not people that are seeking crime or doing anything, you know, in particular that you would think would be in harm's way. So when they are killed in the midst of their being at home or running the errand to the store or driving their vehicles, it's very disturbing um, to me. And I think being a mother now, I was a, a young mother when I first, you know, got engaged with the Urban League, but I'm a mother of a nearly 10-year-old now. And I think that I just worry about the future that we're leaving to our children, you know, when we don't uh, step in in a particular way, but most importantly, engaging allyship. And it's very hard to talk about that sometimes because Black people don't think that we can really truly partner with white people to make things work. But in order to understand the full scope of racism, white people have to engage the conversation. And so where I feel hope is that I do see a lot of my particular white colleagues, people that I work with, uh, you know, with contracts that I do, et cetera, et cetera, they are like checking in and, hey, I'm doing this. Would you like to be a part of this? They're really engaging the conversation more. And I just think that, you know, I am always overwhelmed. I'm saddened, but I try to live in the space of, you know, honoring my call, my calling is, and my purpose is, is nourishment, is to nurture people. And I really do my best to provide conversation space and, and give people that opportunity just to say what they need to say. And then let's be solutionist about everything. Like, I don't think everything is just a perpetual place and state of, of sadness, but I do think that as a people, we have experienced an innumerable, uh, you know, accounts of trauma. And so that's not something you're just going to get over because the past 90 days has had our attention. Um, I think the George Floyd piece, I remember specifically watching CNN and I was standing there while those young men broke, were trying to charge and break the glass at the CNN center. And I was like, this is like the pinnacle. That's when I knew things were going to be different this time. We, we've rioted before, we've, we've protested before, but I said, you know, I just think the enragement now is, is different. And so when you have white people equally, as much as they can be mad at the situation as we are, we, we can see some progress. So I'm, I'm hopeful overall. No, and I, I agree, you know, there's been a, an outpouring of people that want 
to engage in a way that they have not previously and are looking to provide support either in ways that they haven't or taking it up to another level. And so, you know, I think the event we're about to talk about is very timely when you're talking about being solution oriented because, you know, we were, I want to say this was like March or April, we were kind of looking at, you know, how do we engage people when it comes to physical health, mental health, and you reached out to me and, you know, I think in typical Tiffany fashion, you took it and made it grandiose. You have taken mm -hmm. it to a whole, whole other level. Uh, and so I wanted to really make sure people uh, got a chance not only to, to hear about you, but this event that you and your team have partnered with the Urban League to put together. Uh, and, you know, I think it's phenomenal. But, you know, how, how did you, you know, come to that idea when you're talking about the need to engage people at home from a spiritual perspective, financial, physical, mental, et cetera? I think that, you know, first of all, thank you for the opportunity because, you know, I have ideas all the time and I can't, I don't know necessarily that I can always vein them to leaders that are going to actually act on them. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'm just sharing an idea. It doesn't mean that anyone is going to actually physically take it, you know, and say, hey, I'm going to do something with that. And you've always been this way. Like, um, I, I ain't going to run your resume down, but this is a chapter member that's, you know, gone up the ladder of of the Urban League and it's just proof of what you can do when you are a strong leader and so uh, when we came up with the idea it really was just something like hey our community is hurting um, this was prior so to be candid with everyone this is prior to the George Floyd incident that we come up with it we just felt like people were stressed out my friends were like that work in corporate America they're tired of zooms and you know they're tired but it's the way we have to communicate now and I think that there are ways that we can engage wellness. One thing that I feel Black people have not been able to really, really, really sit on top of and master is our self-wellness, our self-care. Um, and self-care is more than getting a manicure and getting your nails done and going to get your beard fluffed up. It's way more than that. And so the physical wellness piece is obvious to people. You know, we want to work out. Obviously, everybody wants to, you know, stay healthy and do what we can to move these quarantine 19 because it's no longer quarantine 15 COVID-19 literally and so we were past that but I think that you know there are bigger pieces to wellness and to be a full well-rounded service individual you've got to have all your stuff in order and so this organization connection between my nonprofit um, and your uh, organization the Urban League has been phenomenal so the Honor Humanity side is us just being a total wellness nonprofit. We're, we're all about wellness from the top to the bottom. Um, in the schools, in, in your workplace, you should be well when you're residing wherever you are. You should not be in question about if you're in a healthy state of mind, healthy state of your finances, your legal advice, you know, everything with your spirituality, you can tap in where you tap in. So that's where Healthy at Home was born. We really wanted to create something that was special and intentional because I think we kind of, boot camp this and you know social media this but let's really hone in on those things and make them a, a cohesive piece because all of those pieces matter no absolutely and real quick could you tell people a little bit more about you know honor humanity your nonprofit, uh so they that they know what that is about uh, and how they can find more information about it as well Absolutely. And, you know, being a, a smaller nonprofit, we don't get a lot of these opportunities to speak about what we do to groups of people. So 
Thank you for asking. The Honor Humanity Organization was actually born because of the Hurricane Harvey devastation. And I was very particularly broken up about how Black men were being shut out of opportunities for help. Um, if you were a single Black man with no children or a single Black man with children, you couldn't get the assistance that maybe a single Black woman would get or a woman with children would get. And so it was very frustrating. I was like, well, what can we do? And so I curated this like long, really drawn out thing that I wanted to do and we just couldn't get the funding for it. And so that just spawned my, uh, my spirit into saying, okay, well, we're not going to let money be the reason we can't do this. Let's just go get partners. And so top level on humanity is an organization that connects other organizations to one another. So if you have, you know, a shirt, off your back organization and someone has a tie organization they collect ties for young men going off to you know school or going off to their first job interview we want to connect those dots and make sure that everything is cohesive and moves forward um and then underneath that uh, our total wellness piece is just making sure that food insecurity food apartheid is eradicated that's something i'm very passionate about obviously being a chef people not realizing that food is the greatest violence of America. I know racism is there, but human beings all need food no matter what color we are. And uh, food has been used as a violent action piece and keeping food out of our communities, particularly uh, grocery stores that are, that are you know, serving the community in the right way. They're not groceries that have been here for six months or produce that's not organic. I mean, they, they really treat the hood for a lack of a better term. Um, just just beneath uh, the par level. And so that's really where Honor Humanity sits. Last year, we were afforded the opportunity to do the Black Superhero Project, which you were a part of our inaugural event here in Houston. Um, we did 10 cities across the country, um, 10 acts of service, and we just went to different cities and we literally just, you know, tried to help community where they were. And I think that's the bigger overarching spirit here is like, hey, you don't have to do everything. Everybody can't save everybody but we can save ourselves and at the end of the day you can do your part to make it a bigger picture and so this is not about everybody you know everyone can't say what's going on in Flint. we went to flint we took forty thousand bottles of water but everybody can't do that maybe you can sponsor a case of water and so we invited the community to participate and we really were able to to do something significant in that community and we're still working with them so even though the project is over in that sense we still work with all of the communities that we engaged in that project. And so I'm very, I'm very pleased with the work we've been able to do. And so every year we, we set out a goal of projects and the Urban League has definitely been on my, my docket. You guys, I, I love what you all are always doing. You're constantly engaging community, constantly trying to provide community advice and engagement. And it, it's really about access points. Like I said, a lot of people can't feel included if they don't know the information exists for them to be included. Even with Healthy at Home, people are like, oh, do I have to be a member of the Urban League. And I'm like, no, it's really just a generosity piece. We want to do it. We want you guys to get this information and share it with their, the communities that you respectfully live in. No, 100%. And I think it's, we, we've always tried to find ways to, to go about that. Um, when we're talking about being more grassroots and extending our tentacles, because I've even seen, since I've been engaged with the Urban League, how we shifted where we were in 2010 to where we are now, because we were housed back then primarily downtown. Now, you know, we have partnerships with the city, with the county, to where we have locations actually in the community where we're more accessible. 
uh, versus people having to feel like they have to come to us. And so, you know, now with technology and in this moment in the pandemic, this is definitely an opportunity that allows us to, to continue to build on that and, you know, extend those tentacles even further, not just as it relates to the local footprint, but nationally. Uh, and I think, you know, eventually, hopefully internationally, uh, that is another, another level, another stage for us to potentially grow to. And so I wanted to get more into the actual event as far as, you know, healthy at home, and you know even some of the speakers and so for you i know you are handling a chef demonstration with one of your counterparts uh and i believe it's chef rj uh i don't want to say his name wrong but um if you would you talk about wrong. what you guys are, <laughs> to, uh, tell us about what you guys are going to do i saw you actually polling people on social media about what you should cook um, and so I didn't know if you guys had decided what that was going to look like yet. I mean, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I have not decided what we're cooking. RJ has made me um, decide what we're cooking. Um, so, you know, the funny thing is people are like, man, you never do lives. You never cook. And I'm like, y'all, that's not, you got to know me better. No, that's not really my thing, but I'm happy to do it. You know, I'm actually engaging a, a camp of kids for the next six weeks. I'm doing a virtual cooking class with children for the next six weeks um unfortunately registration has closed for that um but that's going to be great but for the um for next week i'm i'm gonna be listen i'm gonna be taking notes up until probably monday night to see what i want to throw down on because i don't know if i should do something you know skinny healthy like i would do for like my celebrities or give them like cheat codes because like my clients y'all even though they want to be like red carpet ready you know and all that they like to eat like, like everybody eats like you go and sneak out and have your cheat day that's how they want to, you know, enjoy food as well. So I've had to develop recipes that are kind of the healthier versions of some of the foods that we grew up enjoying or that we still indulge in on a Sunday or a cheat day or whatever. And so that's what we're debating on is what we can master and do for you all in like less than 30 minutes. That's the other kind of quick part here. Um, but I'm going to work on it. I mean, people talking about, ox, I've heard oxtails. I've heard, you know, snacker. People are like throwing things out here so I gotta just figure it out. I also want to touch on um so our particular piece is on dietary wellness. So I do want to touch on the different types of diets that are kind of fad and trend, keto, uh pescatarian veganism and what those different things mean and how you can really master it because everybody thinks they can go from eating a ribeye on Sunday and then on Monday they're gonna just eat greens all day and it just your body doesn't respond well to that. So don't lie to yourself and don't lie to me. Just, you know, make it be something that you can, that you can slowly master. And I, I with veganism particularly, I know you've ventured into this space. You know, I don't know if you're still there. You try to eat plant-based, but you know, it's a journey. You know, you're still going to have those cravings and those desires, but there's so many amazing, you know, substitutes, soy-free substitutes. And so RJ and I both, RJ's amazing. He was former chef to Tyler Perry. Um, he has an amazing resume himself. And so he and I are actually partners on our podcast, Kitchen Counter Chat. So we, we're just hosting this part of it for y'all, but it'll be fun. We're going to just cook whatever y'all want to eat, maybe. No, and I mean, you you brought up some excellent points because, uh, and even for me personally, it's, it's definitely been a journey trying to figure out, you know, what does my diet consist of and being more consistent, healthy, and still finding time to just eat those things that I want to. Because when I look back to 
pictures when I was president of the local Houston area urban league young professionals, I was probably, you know, 350 something pounds to oh, fast wow. forward to now. I am, you know, around 240 something. And so it's been a five year journey kind of up and down where, you know, I try something, it will start to work, but then I go back to the old ways. And so, you know, that, that discipline and consistency is very difficult. And like you said, people have tried, you know, pescatarianism, um, you have veganism. I know I, I started with the whole 30. I did that earlier this year. Oh yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I have, I think at this point kind of found something at least right now that works for me, which it's kind of a blend of whole 30 slash Daniel fast, which I started to engage with, with my church. Uh, but I still find time to just eat regular food, I guess, so to speak. And so that allows me to, to stay balanced. Um, no, that's, that's good. People think that because I'm a chef that I eat all day, it's very assumptive. And I just want to say out loud that chefs actually probably eat the least. And we eat, trash it's not good meaning you know I'll, I'll cook for everybody because by the time i'm done cooking all that food i don't want to eat it so no i don't eat red velvet fried chicken at home i don't eat anything you see on my instagram it's literally to make you salivate and to make you happy but those are not things i personally enjoy eating at my house nor do i feel like doing all the steps that it takes to do it for myself uh, right now i'm actually doing like low sugar uh low to no sugar i'm doing um pretty carb free, not really doing carbs right now, just because I'm about to be entering back into my, my workspace, uh, probably the next few weeks. And so I am alkalizing. So like I said, there's food, everybody thinks food is like just about eating. And I think Joy, Joy Diggs is joining us on this conversation. But, you know, we are really honing in on just those different chemistry pieces that people don't really understand about how the body works and how you can metabolize and alkalize your body to the point where it will perform for you. Because it's a machine as well. You just have to figure out your computations, what works inside your body. So that's why it's a key. I, so every single diet that my clients do, I try them because I want to know what you think this is going to be and do. Because for instance, keto was the big conversation for the last year. Keto is not for Tiffany. And I will tell anybody that, not because I don't want you to do it, but because it was not. I don't believe any diets in high fat. Uh, is is going to be yielding you what you want. Now, y'all might look good. I'm I'm here for you looking good. I just want to make sure that you feel good too. And you know, it's it's about both of those things. And so while it works for some people's blood types, that's another part. Knowing your blood type, I'm very shocked by how many black people don't know their blood type. We might have to do something around that. I'm very shocked by that. I want to know why y'all don't know. Do you know your blood type? I do. Thanks oh, to uh, be positive, but that's only because. Over the last few years, probably it's been maybe not quite probably five, six years, maybe a little bit longer. But I've actually been giving blood, and so that's they give you the donor exactly. card that mm-hmm. lets you know. But I think part of the reason what you're speaking to, and at least I've seen it with Be the Match, which is one of our national partners, uh, where they are trying to increase the African American registry when they talk about those donors. I think because in our community, we typically don't uh, contribute as donors. And so as a result, we may not be aware of our blood type. And so I think that is uh, something else that probably in the near future we look to focus on because it, you know, we talk about public health and encompasses so much, but that is definitely one of the things that we need to look at. 
Well, I also think it's also just your generic annual blood work, knowing what and asking your your blood work uh, uh, documents usually have your blood. People just kind of drive past it. They see, oh, my cholesterol is good, and this is good, but they're not looking for that. And I have a rare blood type, which is why I say we should know. Our, me and Zoe both have a, a rare blood type, A positive, which is rare for Black people. So I try to share with people, like, if you're going to have a surgery, know your blood type, bank your own blood. It's very important. Uh, we have to stop. I, I, now, I personally can't really bank blood. I have a low iron. So you, like I said, knowing your blood type and knowing who you are and how your body functions is so important to how food will respond within your body. So we definitely got to do some kind of blood drive. I have a, tr I have a vehicle, actually, from the Houston Blood Bank. I'm a, I got you when you're ready to do that. So I, actually, one of my very best friends is on the heart transplant list. She has a whole bus with her picture on it. So we'll just pull the bus out and we go get the people what they need. They just need to know what they what their blood type is. It's important. No, it is. And yeah. uh, you mentioned Joy Diggs, who is someone else who's going to join us. She is a uh, certified nutritionist. I saw on Facebook, she just celebrated, I think, 12 years as a trainer awesome. uh, the other Amazing. day. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, Jermaine, who is also a trainer, who's going to be joining us. He and one of my frat brothers actually own a uh, Black-owned gym over here in the Third Ward area called The Body Shop. Um, we have, Yeah, we're going to be highlighting that, that gym about safety in the gym as well, because it ain't just, you're going to go back and work out. We got to be clean while we're doing that, because a lot of people caught the runner from the gym. Yes, um, and I have not gone back to the gym for that reason. So I'm curious to hear what Jermaine has to say on that topic, because um, I've just been doing home workouts. Um, you know, we have Danny Harvey, who will be talking about some things from a financial and wealth building standpoint. Uh, we have my frat brother, and I know a very good friend of yours. Uh, yes, my partner. He'll be joining yes. us. Uh, giving the people the good legal wellness. Um, yeah, I mean, we have some dope people on this lineup. I'm very pleased with everybody that said yes to what we have going on here. Um, I, I know, know our Al keynote Picky. speaker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Al, so Al is amazing because Al talks about investments in stocks, and that's usually a taboo subject for the Blacks, honey, and we want to make sure y'all know every single thing. <laughs> You, and Al is that guy. I love him so much. He's so generous with his time and his education around that. He's like, Tiffany, now, I'm, I don't talk about, you know, finances. I said, I know you talk about investment. Like, he's, he's very clear about what he talks about and what he speaks to. And because people kind of conflate the two things of finances and the, the stock market is a different place. And a lot of people are nervous right now about that. And the stock market is a stock market and the economy is the economy and they're not the same. So I think he's going to give some good gems on that particular subject for sure. Um, and then we have our mental health wellness um, experts joining us too. Your good people up in New York. We got Dr. Daly, uh, Dr. Finley, uh, Raquel Finley is joining us. Uh, I love black therapy. I think it's so important if you're pursuing therapy, which you should. I think a black person is your person because there's an innate trauma that we have that only they would understand. I'm not dissing anyone's non-black uh, health, mental health specialist, but I do think a black specialist is super important in that space. So I'm, I'm happy about that as well. And then of course we have um, Jay Barnett is joining us as well with a, a specific speak to my black men 
I, I wanted to really carve that time out to have you all highlighted and, and spoken to at this time because I feel like black male mental health is just a different space right now that none of us can really speak to. And this, I, I wanted him to really call that out and, and just give that open door for therapy and for conversations around how you all are feeling, uh, what emotions you're having to manage. And so I think that that conversation will be special as well. Oh, and you've done an excellent job, I think, at, at curating this. And then, uh, you know, we got, you know, one of our good mutual friends in DJ Shante, and yeah. she'll be playing some tunes. And, you know, one of the things that you and your business partner, Jason, pulled into this that was very creative um, was the part where we actually have, like, mixologists joining us in conjunction with the DJs. And so if you would just kind of touch on that as well. For sure. So the Lift Your Spirits concept was designed to just kind of give people an outlet. You know, we wanted to, you know, we've all enjoyed DJ D Nice, which is another great friend of mine. And I love what he was able to do and convey to other DJs. It's a time to, you know, to uplift people. And so the Lift Your Spirits portion is sponsored by E&J Brandy. Um, I know y'all used to what you think ENJ was back in the day, but ENJ has a new a new branding concept, and you know we want to be the first to support that that community effort. And I think that uh, DJ Shantae is hails from Houston, Texas, and of course DJ Rhea is out in New York. She she'll be joining us as well. They're sharing um, that space every other night. But um, brother Cecil Usher, he is a black mixologist who owns a uh, a hospitality company and they just go around making sure cocktails are absolutely perfect and excellent so he'll be showing some cocktails that complement um you know the lifestyle that we all want to live and be able to have a cocktail or two throughout the week and be responsible while we're doing that so i'm very excited about that part that's the after party you know because i'm staying true to the, the urban league ways you know i, I love i miss the, the happy hours i, I miss like whenever we get back to it i'll be i'll come to all of them this time because you know i'm busy sometimes <laughs> but i won't come so, yeah. yes, uh, I'm excited about Lift Your Spirits. That's going to be a good vibe. Yes, we, we certainly believe in, in working hard in the community, uh, but we're partying just as hard and maintaining that, uh, that, that part of your mental well-being because that is critical. Um, and so, you know, as we kind of close out the conversation, uh, we're definitely very, very excited about it. We're looking for, you know, this to be uh, not just a good event, but I think a launching point uh, for other partnerships down the road. And it was funny when you said E&J, I thought back to college and, you know, I think we called E&J like Easy Jesus or, you know, oh. we had different like nicknames, oh. nicknames for it. And, you know, I'm curious to see some of this rebranding. I saw that they actually uh, contributed you know, at the national level, a significant amount of funds to the National Urban League, which we're very thankful for. And so, you know, I, I'm very, very look, much, much so looking forward to, um, you know, what that rebranding is and how this partnership continues to develop. And so there's, there's three things that we definitely want to continue to communicate to the community across the board, uh, which is the census, making sure people are getting counted, uh, voting. We actually are in the midst of a runoff election here in Houston, and there are different primaries taking place, you know, across the country. Of course, the big general election coming up this November. 
Uh, but also the coronavirus, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. So encouraging people to wash their hands, to wear masks uh, when they're out in public, as well as social distance. Uh, but Tiffany, for you, you know, why are those th three things important? Uh, you know, we talk about the census, voting, and just being safe when it comes to the coronavirus. I, I, you know, I cannot stress enough to your first two points about voter registration, voter participation, um, and activity at the polls. Being partnered this year with the, the census, I don't think people understand how important the census is. Um, I, I don't think, I don't know, like I feel like government class kind of left this part out. We talked about it in government class, but the importance of it and what people should know, the reason to count yourself in the census is government funds are dispersed by percentages. It's based on you know, hey, we have 12% African-American. Okay, these initiatives are for African-Americans and this money goes to them based on those numbers. So when you all don't count yourself or you opt out, you're opting out of funding for roads, for schools, for after-school programs, for your children. So it's very important to participate in this. I've already turned my census in. Um, my, I'm a child of a veteran, so my daddy don't like that. So we always have participated, <laughs> you know, in, in the census, very important. And then, you know, regarding the voting voting and the polls and being safe, guys, is so important. I'm a chef, so I don't know if you can hear that, but my hands are just naturally dry because I wash my hands all the time. Chefs are probably some of the safest people right now because we just, we wash our hands every time they touch something, if that makes sense. So washing your hands, but most importantly, I don't think people are tying this together either, avoiding touching your face. So a lot of the voting poll places are providing you with a, um, a finger glove so that you can swipe. So just be prepared to provide yourself with your mask and your covering, your eye coverings, whatever you want to do to feel safe. They will, I hope, if they don't have one, grab yourself a, a glove and you just go in there and do everything and then hand sanitize in the car until you can get to some hot soap and water and make it happen. But um, I definitely think it's super important to me that we all participate, we all do our part. If you know anyone that is 17, that will be 18 by your cutoff time for your state, which in Texas I think is October 5th, um, please get them registered to vote. I think that that quiet little, you know, turn of, of age and, and coming of age is very important. We need to re really encourage our, you know, high school seniors slash college freshmen that are 18 to actively engage, get them to the polls, get them informed about who they're voting for. I think that's also important. We have time to study everyone that's running, that's running on our behalf. Um, you know, flipping Texas blue is, has been a long time goal of ours. Collectively, I think we've all done our part. And nationally, we've done some great job, uh, job in the Senate and in the House. I think there's just, there's phenomenal potential. We just got to do the work. So let's, let's do it and let's get to it. This is the year. This is not the year to sit down. <laughs> and don't vote for any third party random people that are also out here um, pushing for solutions. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. <laughs> No, we definitely thank you for that. And the last thing I would ask, um, because you brought up some excellent points, you know, as it relates to uh, the, the measures that the Harris County Clerk's Office under the leadership of Chris Hollins, as well as actually a, a former Urban League uh, member. She's, she's an Urban Leaguer for life, but uh, Tanisha Husband, uh, she under, you know, Chris's leadership, uh, Beth Stevens, there's a few other people, I'm forgetting their names, but the program they rolled out uh, to make sure it is safe. They even piloted drive-through voting uh, during this early voting period. So they've been very innovative with some of the things they've come up with. Uh, but you can go to harrisvotes.com 
this episode will air on election day. And so for those that have not voted, you'll be able to go there, get your sample ballot, look at all the polling locations and go in and, you know, you should be able to get in and out fairly quickly. There were only five things on my ballot. And, you know, it'll vary depending on where you live, but I had three judges. I had the railroad commissioner and our U.S. Senate seat. Uh, and this is for the, again, the runoff for the primary election. So please make sure you're doing that. Go to my2020census.gov to complete your census. Uh, here in the city of Houston, we have seen a huge spike as relates to the coronavirus. So please continue to wash your hands, stay home when possible, wear a mask if you're out and continue to social distance and listen to the guidance of the CDC uh, and not, you know, necessarily some of the uh, less informed and those who have ulterior motives that are trying to provide guidance. But Tiffany, if you would tell people how they can get a hold of you, uh, how they can learn, you know, more about you, your business, everything you're doing, because you do a lot, like you said, the podcast, private <laughs> chef, you, you just launched a biz, another business. Uh, so where can, where can people get a hold of you? I'm going to just put a graphic up, you know, at the time so we can just go down the graphic. No. Um, so first and foremost, my most passionate work um, besides food is Honor Humanity. So please visit honorhumanity.org. Um, you can join us there. You can donate there. You can learn more about all of the projects that we've worked on in our future. Um, 2020 did have an agenda, but it's gotten a little off skew. So that's there, honorhumanity.org. Um, my personal website, if you want to know anything about Chef Tiffany, is tiffanyjanelle.tv, and that's T-I-F-F-A-N-I-J-A-N-E-L-L-E.tv. Um, that has all of the fun stuff about the food, I guess, if that's what y'all want. And then recently, I just, uh, well, I'll go Kitchen County Chat. Kitchen County Chat is my podcast available on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, and then uh Earlier this year, uh, maybe really just like a month and a half ago, but early this year, we were slated to drop February 29th, but my apparel line of black snacks, which I am wearing, shameful plug, uh, Melanated Mil Millionaire, but uh, amongst others, uh, some really dope stuff for y'all to rock uh, to the upcoming marches, rock it to the upcoming polls. We've got some dope, um, just aware statement pieces that you guys can purchase at blacksnacks.com and that's b-l-a-c-k-s-n-a-x.com or you can follow us on instagram my personal instagram is chef to the stars with the number two um and i pretty much highlight all these other things there if you want to jump there then I, I can direct you i'm sure at some point but thank you so much for having me on this is amazing it's very informative for the people i love it no absolutely and make sure you join us this week for the healthy at home conference is the inaugural conference you can register at bitbit.ly backslash hh wellness and we look forward to helping you guys stay healthy while at home to learn more about how the houston area urban league is impacting the community and ways you can get involved visit us online at haul.org follow us on twitter at hou urban league and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or whichever podcasting platform you enjoy. Thanks for listening to Empower, presented by the Houston Area Urban League.